Hello, everyone. This is WWE legend Tatanka, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. If they, they got the answers, I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that sucker? <laughs> All right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. I'm Steve Credo. I'm Jonathan Benjamin. <laughs> on the phone. What is so important, Jonathan, right now that you have to be on the phone? Well, I'm trying to find out. I'm looking at these these dirty, dirty dirt sheets is what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to find out if Eric Rowan is actually going to be the third man. Because I heard last night... Or a while back that Savio Vega may be in the mix for Night of Champions. This is going to air after Night of Champions. Screw that. I'm trademarking Dirty, Dirty, Dirty Dirt Sheets. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people get on these things. Every now and then I try to get on them just to, to catch up, to hear what they're saying about me. Because nine <laughs> times out of ten, there's, you know, something, obviously, that's going to be said about us. But, um do you ever are you a are you a dirty dirty dirt sheet reader? Of course I am. I'm a mark. I'm a fan. I'm, I love the business. I got to see what's going on. You got to read the sheets. You know what I'm saying? You got to see what's happening. Uh, it's news. It's our own news. It's our CNN. It's our Fox News. It's our it's our it's our news. You know, we got to see what's happening in the world of the wrestling uh, universe. I wonder if a all wrestling news network like wow. like we have the WWE network, but. If there was somebody that was like, kind of like a cross between TMZ and the actual news, where they would be, you know, breaking news stories throughout the day. The problem is, is there's just not that much. Would it be another wrestling news network? Trademark. uh, Yeah, anytime someone says it, we get a quarter. So, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, man, I love looking at the dirt sheets and trying to see... It's funny, though, because I'm a fan. I wonder what it's like if your name is in the dirt sheets. They have to walk. They have to look at it. I would. I don't know. I gotta ask. We gotta ask. We, gotta, we have to have the interview where we just ask wrestlers, do you, do you read the dirt sheets? Do you, what do you look at? What do you read as a wrestler? Because, you know. And, and what happens, though, if it's like, if they're saying something that you don't know as a wrestler, but they're like, yeah, uh, study or you know, like uh, we've heard that Kofi Kingston's about to get fired, and then he like gets on there, and then he's like, "What? Like what?" <laughs> yeah, and, and then he's got to go around the whole week or whatever, thinking or, he's about to get fired. Or you could play the game like we did, to where you know, two episodes ago, we talked with uh, Sabu because we saw him in the dirt sheets, and we had to find out his side of the story. And uh, he joined us on another wrestling podcast, and he told his side and. You know, we played uh, we played the we played the news game with there. You know, we got his side of the story. We heard the other person's side of the story from the, the sheets. If if you are a pro wrestler right now and you're listening to this show, um, and you read those dirty, dirty dirt sheets, <laughs> let us know. You know, tweet us at a wrestling pod. Let us know what your thoughts are on dirt sheets. But Steve, we have an amazing show today. 
as always, probably best show ever. I would agree, Jonathan, because joining us in a little bit is WWE legend Tatanka. I wanted to get you uh, get your opinion on this because you know we talk a lot about wrestling. We talk a lot of wrestling topics, and that's what's great about this show. Um, it, politically correct is is the world getting too PC? Is the wrestling world too PC? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about PC these days? Um, potato chip? <laughs> po- politically correct potato chips. Um, so, as far as political correctness goes, all you need to do is go back on the WWE Network, which you can purchase for $9.99. We're not even getting paid um, for that. No, that, that's a free one, Vince. Um, if you get on the WWE Network and go back to the the 80s, if you go back to the 90s, you're going to see a lot of things that you're, you're going to say, I can't believe. It's not butter? That it's not butter. I can't believe that they got away with that. Um, I've watched videos of Terry Funk slapping a horse in the face um, during a vignette. I've seen anything and everything in this crazy world of professional wrestling. There's been a little bit of everything. And I think that it kind of mirrors the times. For whatever reason, in this day and age, a lot of people are very politically correct. You can't call people names you can't you know you can't uh wear certain things you can't, you can't be offend you can't offend somebody or you know like you know, well, i'm not saying you should offend people but you know you can't do anything without offending people or or whatnot somebody's getting mad at something every day that's yeah where, that's where we live in now and and you know um it used to be where you could have your opinion if you didn't like something you just flip the channel you know um, there's been times when I was watching wrestling and I was like, uh, if they go much further with <laughs> this, I'll probably change. I never did. I never <laughs> changed the channel. There's never been a time that I thought that it was too far, but, um, wrestling is entertainment as well. Yep. You know, WWE world wrestling entertainment. Um, you have a lot of that and do they push the envelope? Absolutely. They damn near push it off the, the table, but, um, I don't think that, wrestling's too politically incorrect i think the world has gotten a little bit soft yeah um we're, we're, we're getting too soft out there we're getting s-a-w-f-t <laughs> and you can't teach that you can't jonathan <laughs> teach that my friend um that, that i think that's the problem though that's a, it's a real big problem because i mean like even today's wrestling everything's too scripted because you can't just go off the cuff because what if you say something to offend somebody then then oh then your sponsor is going to be taken away because they don't want to be associated with that and it's it's crazy it's bizarre it's just, you can't just let be wrestling be wrestling anymore and and you know i think that that's what the draw is for a lot of these independent promotions out there they're flying without a wire they don't have those yeah. sponsors You've got WWE this month, or you know, they're they're featuring Connor's Cure, the the you know pediatric cancer. They're really really trying to go for certain demographics, TVPG versus TVMA or TV14 or whatever it was back in the Attitude Era. Um, it used to be that 18 to 35 male demographic. I have to assume that that is no longer their target demographic. No, definitely it, it, they. The kids are buying the merch. You know, the parents are buying the merch for the kids. So it's definitely... Uh, I'm buying the merch for myself still. <laughs> yeah. I think if you take that, your whole 18 to 35 and just shift it down the other way to the left, uh, you know, from maybe, I don't know, 7 to, 
I don't know, 25 or something like, you know, 7 to 30, whatever. Uh, it's definitely down there because definitely with the toys, uh, especially um, just things that happen on TV these days, you can just tell it's it's definitely not for the older fan. Um, to whereas what they're doing smart uh, kind of is using the network to bring in the older fans because there's a lot of stuff on there uh, that's happening now to where a lot of kids don't care about it. They won't get it because the kids aren't paying for the network. We're paying for the network, the, the older generation. So... I kind of see how they're splitting it a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it's like, just just be yourself, man. Just be wrestling again. Stop being so PC and just do what you used to do. And our interactive question of the week is going to be, do you, the wrestling fan listening right now, do you think that the world of professional wrestling is politically incorrect? Tweet us at a wrestling pod to let us know. Um, while you're there, follow us. And so we can follow you back, and we can have a a you know a holy matrimony marriage of Twitter. All right, as I see him walking in, we are going to be joined right now by WWE legend Tatanka. Joining us today is a Native American professional wrestler from the Lumbee tribe. You remember him from his time spent in the WWE. Please welcome Tatanka. Tatanka, man, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, Steve. It's an honor to be on another wrestling podcast. I know there's many out there, but guys, if you're looking for the right one, remember another wrestling podcast. Again, Steve, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here, and it's always an honor to be able to speak to uh, the fans worldwide, too. All right, great. Now, uh, you know, on October 16th and 17th, you'll be making appearances for ESS Promotions, uh, the number one talent agency in the world specializing in professional wrestling. Uh, All information can be found on ESS promotions.com and we'll talk about where and when uh, a little bit later where you can uh, meet and greet Tatanka coming up but uh, Tatanka man you've been uh, you've been you, you probably went through a grueling travel schedule in your in your WWE time but is it is it nice to be able to tone it down a little bit and get to visit your fans and uh, at these local shows and conventions and just you know be able to speak to the fans one-on-one more well, Steve, you, did, you definitely hit it on the button. Uh, the difference between being on a current, what we call a full booking contract at WWE or uh, World Wrestling Federation, as many know from before also, I've really been honored and blessed to be able to work for WWF and also up to 2010 be able to work with the, the new WWE. So there's definitely a lot of changes in the schedule. Uh, w World Wrestling Federation, I was literally my first almost seven years years on the road 300 days a year um the current wwe schedule even though there's certain stars like john cena that is still very busy and after probably 300 plus the schedule is lighter meaning it's uh, four days on three days off four days on three days off and the only time it changes is when you have an international tour so the scheduling is a lot easier today you know a lot of the veterans in our business we laugh at some of these young kids they go oh it's so tough being on the 
road. Oh, it's so tough. You know, guys like Hulk Hogan was on the uh, on the uh, road 90 days straight before finally getting home during those crazy years of World Wrestling Federation in the 80s and, of course, in the 90s, and it was just going crazy. There was three tours a night, so the schedule was so much more demanding them. I've actually been on the road 60 days straight myself, but today, being able to work with uh, uh, people like Eric Sims and, and his promotion, uh, booking talent worldwide for uh, wrestling type of events, it's great because even though I'm very busy every weekend, I'm not on a full booking contract with WWF for WWE, so it allows me to have the opportunity to do things like this, to also be able to speak to fans at the shows, because when you're at WWE, you don't get to do these kind of things. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, uh, growing up, did you have any favorite Native American wrestlers that maybe inspired you? Because I know one of my favorites uh, growing up was Chief J Strongbow, uh, or maybe you know any lessons you learned from them before you know you broke into wrestling. Uh, well, uh, probably the first uh, greatest impact in my career was when I was in the North Carolinas, um, and I, I decided to pursue uh, a career of professional wrestling. Uh, I was working in Bally's Corporation. I was a divisional manager. I was uh, very successful. Uh, in what I was doing, I had a club that was responsible for four to five hundred thousand dollars a month, and I was selling over a million dollars a year for the company. So when I decided to pursue professional wrestling, uh, the area that I broke into was in the Carolinas, and I was so honored because in that area was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the other guy, which again your question is a native influence, Wahoo McDaniels, and Wahoo was just uh, real native blood, just a real tough warrior fight in a heartbeat, old school all the way. So he definitely took me underneath his wings, along with, when I went to a wrestling federation, of course, the impact that Chief J. Strombo had, because not only was he an agent, but he was very successful at World Wrestling for, uh, Federation portraying uh, the Native American race. Everyone knows that he was Italian, but uh, he loved the Native American heritage, and he loved portraying it on TV. He was a great impact and a great mentor, too. Sure. Uh, now, for everybody listening to, uh, you know, Native American culture is a little bit different from uh, uh, from ours. But uh, what, what would you say your favorite part of uh, Native American culture is? Well, you know, everyone. It's kind of a question that you know, with this crazy world we live in today, and you see all the crazy things happening, and uh, uh, people running for president, and the things they say and the things they do. You know, what's so cool about the Native heritage? The more that I, uh, the more I research, the more I understand. I mean, uh, we began here in the United States of America as the first. Uh, First Nations and, and First Americans. And, and with Native Americans, we're real big on family. We're real big on standing together. We're real big on, even though that no one's perfect, doing good uh, to others. So you know, what I love is about the peace that you have when you're in a native environment because their their ways of life is is not to cause uh, debate not to fight with anyone but just like the pilgrims when they came uh, they realized the pilgrims mm-hmm. were going to die they did not know to hunt. they did not know how to hunt they did not know how to crop and out of generosity out of the way that we live meaning helping others and and, and also helping them to do certain things 
You know, mm-hmm. our culture is just a great culture because it's family, it's good, it's teaching you about how to become a great warrior, how to become a better native, and uh, we also respected uh, the Creator. We respected the creation. You know, we believed that there was one God, and we respected Him, and we also believed that, you know, we're, we're stewards of everything. That's the biggest thing that we had about land because we believed that no one owned the land. It was the Creator's that was given to us to steward, to take care of. So, you know, there's a lot of different things about our culture. Of course, things advance, but, you know, the the deep native cultures, when you get on maybe some of the places where you're away from the big cities, you'll see that they're still practicing these things. What's really cool to end with is when I was at WWE, my latest run for SmackDown, uh, we filmed an Anippi ceremony, which is a sweat lot ceremony that was part of making me family to the Lakota Sioux. It's a true sacred ritual that's been performed since the beginning of time. Uh, two sacred rituals I perform with them. One of them being the sweat lodge ceremony. And you go inside and you're with elders or you're with the chief. And it's really cool when you're in this darkness, you're in this heat, you're being tested as a person spiritually. It's cool to hear the leader or the chief talk about pretty much just good things about being a good person. So that's the reason why when you get around, you know, native reservations, it's just very, very peaceful. Uh, and they love creation, they love nature, so it's just a very, very cool atmosphere overall. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, you know, professional wrestling has uh, had its share of characters over the years. Uh, do you think that the WWE is currently capitalizing on, you know, the, the popularity again with wrestlers like, you know, the Wyatts, the Vaudevillains, Adam Rose, uh, stuff like that? Do you think, you know, just bringing these uh, share of characters back? Well, hey, we all know this. The greatest eras of our business, not because I was part of it, was the 80s and 90s. Uh, simple fact is wherever I travel all over the world, when people walk up to my table, and I do mean I'm traveling all the time, and I'm seeing the current market all the time. When they walk up to your table, they walk up to your table, when they walk up to see you, they're talking about, oh, my God, WrestleMania three, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Oh, my God, Ultimate Warrior. Are you and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania? So many and not. It's because those eras had everybody was characters. Mm-hmm. It's like the greatest movies today, you know, uh, uh, Marvel, uh, DC Comics. I mean, all of these animated characters are now some of your biggest movies. Hulk, Spider Man. Uh, people love characters. They love getting away and, and, and being able to, to get into that realm where they get away from reality and they believe in a character. We have larger than life characters. And we're seeing it today with WWE. Yes, they are adding characters, but in our day, everyone was a character. I believe the more we get back to that era, the bigger the business will get, because people, at the end of the day, they love to support a character. There's too many guys that come through the curtains, and they look the same, boots, knee pads, uh, uh, tights, and that's it, even pretty much seeing body types. Mm -hmm. Back in our day, my gosh, everyone was so uniquely different from each other, which really added to, again, the character and added to the success of our business. Definitely. Uh, now, you spend a lot of time in the wrestling business today, you know, as well. Uh, are, are you hopeful with the future of wrestling? Uh, well, without a shadow of a doubt. It, it, the reason why is because what's changed in our business, which is fantastic for our business, some people don't, uh, didn't want to see that change or they just don't want to change with it, is social media. I'm big on social media. I have huge social media platforms. And what's great about that is WWE has caused a platform for the WWE Universe, the fans themselves, to be able to speak. And, and WWE Universe now has a voice. 
and 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 I don't think WWE thought it would go that route. I thought that they, you know, thought it would mainly be for advertising. But again, WWE is a major company. The social media accounts are huge with millions and millions of followers. And you know, when they start speaking, WWE does listen because you have millions of people there. So I think they're hearing what the fans are saying at next. That's the reason Triple H has put so much attention to the NXT product. You know, because again, you got characters there and the fans in these 5,000 seat arenas are going crazy and chanting and, and then you got Monday Night Raw and Smackdown and they see what's happening in NXT that's the reason Triple H is putting so much attention to it. It's great because you're letting the guys wrestle and you got guys like Balor who's already on WWE games because he has a character. Definitely. Now, uh, you know, uh, being a veteran of the business, uh, you know, some guys uh, you know, well, some guys later on they'll, they'll want to take jobs as being a coach or a mentor or whatnot. Would you ever consider, you know, taking a job with a WWE or anybody, you know, working in like a talent development capacity, or is is that something maybe that's not for you? Uh, well, no, it's it's definitely not not something for me. I mean, when, when I was there working, I, you know, I had great guys like uh, great talent that was there now, great superstars that were agents then that were telling me that everyone knows their names, but I don't need to mention them. They were saying, man, we'd love to have you here as far as an agent. You know, you'd be great to be in an agent position. They were telling me about some of the things that were involved with that. You know, of course, there's a great responsibility there, but, uh, you know, uh, many of the guys who play those positions, you know, you have a love for the business. When you have a love for the business, it's never really a uh, a struggle or uh, a burden. It's something that uh, you enjoy doing. So would that be something I would consider? Of course, because I definitely have a love for the business. To be in the business for this long, you have to love it. And again, we're in a tremendous business. Sports entertainment, professional wrestling is a business that's doing tremendous business. It's doing billions of dollars, uh, billions per year and uh, just breaking records all the time. Sure. Uh, now, you know, being a Native American, uh, I have to ask this question because, you know, well, what are your thoughts on sports teams and mascots uh, using terms like, you know, the Washington Redskins or the Atlanta Braves? Uh, do you have any feelings about that? Well, feelings uh, are this. Um, of course, uh, like I said again, the world has changed. So, uh, socially, uh, people now can spread a voice and, and bring a cause. Uh, I'm not saying that those things are right. I'm not saying those things are wrong. What I'm saying, as a true Native who, have, who has been to many reservations, and I do mean many, uh, who have spent time with chiefs of major tribes, who are personal friends with chiefs of major tribes, and work with chiefs of major tribes to certain areas. There's many issues that we need to be discussing other than mascots. We need to be discussing about uh, uh, teen suicide, teen pregnancy, uh, this is on the res, dropout, poverty, no work, uh, addiction, alcoholism. Uh, the native race is leading in all of these areas, and no one's speaking out there. There's many speaking for certain races, which is great, but there's no one out there speaking for the Native Americans and the First Nations people. So the real issues that will really bring change is not taking a mascot, <laughs> uh, a face of a Native American off of a ma as a mascot for a team. The real issues is what's truly happening in the everyday lives of Native Americans and First Nations people. That's what we need to focus on first, because the other things are really not going to make a difference, because at the end of the day, you've got to make a difference right there in everyday people's lives. 
Sure, definitely. Um, now, uh, how did other, uh, you know, the Native American community react to your involvement in the world of professional wrestling? I mean, do you get good feedback from it, or was there anything like that? Uh, always got great feedback. I never had anyone ever get on me or or say anything in a uh, derogatory way. And anyone who has ever said that, which I've had a very minute, usually they're uh, one-eighth Indian, uh, Native American, or not full blood. Uh, as far as the Native tribes and some of the greatest leaders in our, uh, in the Native community, meaning throughout the United States of America, has honored me at business meetings and things of that nature. The simple reason, because I'm out in the TV world, out in the market world, as a true Native American, 100% blood of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina, and also family to the Lakota Sioux, portraying our great heritage. I never made it look uh, cartoonish, because I'm true Native American. I didn't have to pretend I'm true Native American. I never did anything as far as... Uh, like the movies that portray natives in the wrong way. Uh, I did things right. As a warrior in the ring, proud that he was Native American. And, and, and I got a lot of respect. I got a lot of commenda- uh, commendations from very important people in the Native world uh, all throughout the United States. All right. Now, uh, when you came back to the WWE in 2005, you changed up your look a little bit. Uh, was that something that you decided to do, or was it something you know uh, others thought about you know, changing up the look? Well, uh, first of all, I, I was only supposed to come back for an appearance. And uh, from that one appearance, out of the blue, the response from the fan base, again, the fan speaking, as I told you, that is different. Uh, it went from a one-day appearance to they were in, in, instantly talking to me about contract when I came through the curtain. So, uh, but the, the only thing is, is there's a lot changed with WWE from World Wrestling Federation. And what I mean by that, yeah, WWE's even got bigger and more phenomenal, but, you know, as far as the creative storylines, you had Vince McMahon, you had Pat Patterson, you had Chief J. Strombo back in the day. Now, which were all people born with success in the wrestling business. Now today you got a lot of different writers and people and uh, you know they can't all focus on each and every storyline and write each and every storyline for everyone and plus you know when you got greats like some of the greats we have they just don't have the talent like some of those greats to write the unbelievable storylines. So yes I came back as Tatanka then we then we uh, we, we made a decision there uh, uh, you know with creative to kind of you know, make a turn, not really to be a bad guy, but to start standing for me as a Native American. So we went to this big spiritual journey, and I came as a new spiritual uh, warrior, which, again, we wanted to uh, show a difference, and the difference was uh, I was with the Lakotas during that time. This was after the sweat lot ceremony, the hunka ceremony that we did. So I took on uh, a look that is a true... Uh, war paint of the Lakotas, that's where they're dog soldiers, meaning uh, fierce warriors of the Lakotas. Meaning when you've seen the dog soldiers in the woods, you ran the opposite way because you're, you're dealing with uh, the Mac Daddies of the Lakota tribe, the true fierce warriors that would die in battle. And the only way that you could stop them is that uh, you would kill them first. So that's the look that we took. It was true Lakota war paint, not just something that I just made up. All right. I, uh, you know, you, you had your likeness uh, put on lots of merchandise over the years. Uh, was there any Tatanka item that meant the most to you? Uh, well, it, it, he, 
you know, it, it's kind of crazy because when you're with the World Wrestling Federation or WWE, there's so much stuff out there. Sometimes it takes four or five years before you even see some of the stuff, you know. Uh, even the international market is totally different than what we have over here in the U.S. So there's a lot of cool stuff. But, you know, probably the coolest of all of the stuff, and I'm sure with most of the, all the other guys, too, is, is all the action figures, you know. I love the uh, Jack-specific uh, uh, superstar line, which is kind of like their uh, uh, legend line, kind of. And uh, uh, I love their Jack-specific action figure me because it looked great. It had the red hair, had the traditional loincloth, had the look that I portrayed all the way through. And it's an action figure that uh, not only sold out during that time, but very, very hard to get. So obviously, I'm not the only one that liked that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, you know, you've had an amazing wrestling career, accomplishing many things. But is there one thing, you know, that sticks to you that maybe you wish you would have loved that you would have gotten to do? Or is there anything that stands out like that? Well, I think with each and every guy, there's probably always, if you have a, uh, you know, an attitude that that you don't settle for where you're at, uh, you're always wanting more. You're always wanting greater. That's that's my mentality. That's that's at least what I try to live by each and every day. Uh, am I excited and happy about what uh, I accomplished at World Wrestling Federation? Yeah, of course. I went two years undefeated, which at that time was a record. I got to WWE and only one year after making the decision, so that's a great thing to me, too, because there are many who have tried, and you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, still not there. It's not an easy task to get in there. Uh, and also that uh, uh, I wrestled at WrestleMania matches. I wrestled Shawn Michaels for the title at WrestleMania 9, Caesars Palace, Las, Las Vegas, defeated him, beat him several times before then, uh, uh, the the only thing is at that time would have been great to have the intercontinental title, uh, but it's not something I look back out on because again the fan base at the end of the day is great because the fan base will put more titles on you than what any promotion or, or any company has because you know when they enjoy you and you've done what you need to do for the fan base they always honor you and they always support you alright and uh, lastly uh, you know we've seen many wrestlers as of late make the return to the WWE most recently with uh, the Dudleys uh, do you think there would be room for Tatanka to come back oh, of course and the reason why is because I can still get in the ring and I can still do whatever. It doesn't mean that I have to be out there wrestling every single night. Uh, of course, guys who, uh, I won't say older, but guys who have started before the young guys who are there, the, the biggest thing is when you're on a work schedule 250 days a year. That, that's the reason some of the guys who are some of the greats in our business, uh, for example, like Undertaker, he's not out there on the road working every single night. You know, he's doing all the big pay-per-views, you know, and plus Undertaker doesn't have to do that. He's such an established name. He can come to a pay-per-view and give it his all his pay-per-view and been training beforehand in the ring and ready to go. So can I go out there and still get down in the restaurant and give 100%? You better believe it. Could I make a return? Yes, you better believe it. You know, and, and, and of course uh, it wouldn't be enjoyable to get in the ring with some of their talent. they got some unbelievable, youthful talent that is very, very talented in the ring uh, and uh, if you get in there with someone that has a, a character, I believe you can have so much fun because the fan base would love to see characters get in that ring again and, and tell those stories the way that they would always tell the stories in the ring. I think we'd have a lot of fun, uh, myself and, of course, the WWE Universe, too. 
All right, guys. Well, October 16th, once again, uh, you can meet Tatanka at ECPW Wrestling in Thorn at the Thorn Middle School in Port Monmouth, New Jersey. And on October 17th at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, you can meet Tatanka at George's Cards and Collectibles at Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. And from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 at the Wrestling Universe in Flushing, New York. And again at 7 p.m. at ECPW Wrestling at Our Lady of Guadalupe School in Brooklyn, New York. Tatanka... Uh, any, any one last thing, you know, with, with social media happening with everybody right now, is there a way that fans can keep up with you today? Uh, yeah, I was already thinking about that earlier, Stephen. I'm glad you, uh, glad that you brought it up. Uh, again, all the great listeners out there, you know, we thank you for all your support. We thank you for the support here of, uh, of listening and following another wrestling podcast. Again, that is another wrestling podcast. Uh, to be able to get in touch with me, uh, have a, a beautiful uh, redesigned uh, official website that I've had for ever since 1996. It's native to Tonka. Dot com spell exactly what it says n a t i v e t a t a n k a dot com of course i'm on twitter at native tatanka i'm on facebook uh, page which again is facebook forward slash native tatanka so and again if you just put tatanka on the first page of a google search because of all of our uh seo and all the stuff that we do with my webmaster my social media team you know we come up with everything on the first page so we have a, a very big social media platform you can find me very easily but again native tatanka.com facebook is Native Tatanka, my page, and also my Twitter account is, again, at Native Tatanka. So, Steve, we really appreciate you. Again, thank you, all the supporters out there. Tatanka is very, very busy in this wrestling industry, traveling all over the world. But believe me, I'm not done yet. There's a lot of things that we're working behind the scenes on, so I'm looking forward to making some great announcements here in the near future. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're awesome, Steve. We'll see you guys. Enjoy. Have a great day. Once again, thanks to Tatanka for joining us. Uh, Jonathan. We talked politically incorrect, and there are a slew, look it up, kids, of professional wrestling characters over the years that have been what I would assume people would say politically incorrect, and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during, say, the Attitude Era, when you know you had standards and practices and all that stuff, when people would actually call WWE Titan Towers and say, my kid was watching this show and someone barely had any clothes on. That's my mom voice. <laughs> um, I bet they got calls, like thousands of calls a day. So um, who were some of the people that you feel they may have you know, cross the line with. All right, uh, we're going to get a lot of complaints with this, Jonathan. Uh, the first one off the top of the bat, he was a guest on our show, would have to be Eugene. Um, and uh, I, re- I don't know how else to say this, but I have to say it, Jonathan. I'm going to drop the R-bomb. He, he played a retarded character. He was retarded. Okay. Um, I, 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 know, I know you can't say that. Um, it's not politically correct. Uh, it, he didn't have Down syndrome. He didn't have, he met, I don't know what he had, but it was like mental retardation. In the 80s, we grew up, we called kids retards. You're, you're a retard if you act like an idiot. And that's what, that's what he was. I know a lot of people don't like that R word, but uh, well, what would you call him? I don't know. Well, I know 
what we're going to call is uh, if you have a complaint, <laughs> you're going to call Steve nope. Credo. Um, I said I'm sorry. His, I didn't mean to use it. His I'm just number try- is 914. <laughs> um, you have to get my point across, though, because like, I know people hate that word, and it's only used for – trust me. I'm sorry. I'm not using it like that, but I'm trying to get the point across of what his character was. I mean, how else would you put it? That's that's the thing is they they never said it. But they wanted people to take that leap. Yeah. WWE brought him out. He was, um, you know, Eric Bischoff's overexcited nephew. Um, you know, and then the the shenanigans and antics ensued from there. But that's really what they wanted. They wanted people to think that he was mentally disabled, mentally challenged, and you oh, know, use better words than I did. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. And so, um, but wait, it'll probably get worse. So you may have to <laughs> rein me in as well. But yeah, I think that that character itself. Um, they probably got, you know, they booked him well, you know, they, they never, you know, he, he seemed to always get his, everybody who made fun of Eugene kind of got their come up. And so I yeah. feel like that they could have went darker with that, but they did not. Can I just ask you a question? If you worked your whole life to be a wrestler, you, you worked your way, you finally got into the WWE and then they're like, Hey, I got this character I want you to play. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, and that's that's all you would hear from me because it was like you know you're finally in it. You think you're going to be like the next Hogan, and they have like okay, you're going to be Eugene now, the, and it's like Mike. But I but the tragedy of that is is the person who portrayed Eugene Nick Dinsmore is one of the best wrestlers in oh, yeah. in the the past twenty years. Pure wrestling. He is an amazing wrestler. I highly suggest going back to watching some of his OVW matches. Nick the Machine Dinsmore. He was he was phenomenal. So, but, but yeah, I mean, all in all, but it, it, the whole back to going back to the PC thing. But you know, Eugene definitely was one of those guys. I just feel sorry for the guy that where I mean, granted, it made him a few bucks in the in the end. Uh, but still, you know, it's like uh, just if you if you if you're given that other kind of a character. But Jonathan, give me some more. What, what else was offensive? Well, give me some. Hey, be sure to send your complaints uh, to Jonathan Benjamin <laughs> here. No, no. Oh, for, okay, for good. This I was next say, one. I already um, apologize. The you know this person. I'm I'm imploring you to go back on YouTube on the YouTubes um, and look up this character. His name was Seven, uh, spelt the number seven E V. E-N. Now that was Gold Dust's character in WCW. He looked a little bit like Christopher Lloyd did on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but the character was that of a a child abductor, <laughs> uh, what I call a chomo. Chomos. Um, you know, so this character either got so much heat that they had to pull it because it was only on for a very short period of time. And to me, it was creepy, and it was it was very. I mean, it was it was definitely not PC. But um, well, I, I think his problem was that you know he was Goldust already in the WWE. Then he went to WCW, and they're like, well, we can't obviously use the same character, but what else could we do to make it even worse than what it was? And then yeah, uh, and it can always get worse. <laughs> it obviously. can always get worse. Obviously. Well, I mean, like you said, look up seven. You'll, you'll definitely see some. A wow factor with that one. But even going back to Goldust, Jonathan, tell me a little bit about Goldust. Because when he first debuted, you know, he was 
that sexual character. We didn't know if he was gay, if he was straight, but then he had Marlena. Then I was like, well, I don't know what he's doing. He's got a wig. He had just like everything thrown in at him uh, of like a what? What is that? Is he what? What is he doing? Listen, that was a uh, what I call ahead of its time. Like that character really was. Um, I, I was it was impressive. It was uh, an amazing character. You know, it got me as a kid, um, preteen, really like, what is going on here? He was rubbing his body. He was kissing guys. Uh, I know Ahmed Johnson like flipped flipped his. <laughs> uh, we get one S bomb show. He flipped his shit and like went bananas whenever he had Goldust tried to give him CPR. Um, you know, it all boiled down to another non PC thing, which was the Hollywood backlot brawl, which saw Rowdy Piper go against. Gold dust, and it ended up being a O.J. Simpson esque car chase scene. Yep. So, um, you know, it's layers. It's it's like tiramisu, as Macklemore says. <laughs> and um, you know, it was a crazy thing. That character, though, they never came out and said he's gay or straight. They said he was androgynous, and yep. that's the way that they got away with this stuff. They never had to say that he was that way. People made their own conclusions. Well, let's go back in the past a little bit because, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, we were we were at the mecca of wrestling in our time, you know, the, the boom period. Uh, we got to witness, you know, the Million Dollar Man and Virgil. Yeah. Uh, you know, granted, you know, Virgil was his assistant, but technically you look at it, he was his slave. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they pretty much made it for what he did and stuff like that to where... That's uh, Steve Credo, <laughs> one nine one four. We're just trying to talk about the show. <laughs> but you get what I mean, though. You know what I mean? To where I think that at that time, to where they didn't really have too many offensive characters back then, but that was kind of like, you know, there wasn't really too many uh, black guys that were you know, in the main event or anything like that. And, you know, you had this guy, the one black guy that stood out to everybody. He was basically being portrayed as a slave to a rich man. And you're like, okay. Well, and um, I I have to say that WWE's always kind of had their finger on the pulse of what is going on in pop culture. So if you look back, we had characters like the Iron Sheik. We had characters like Nikolai Volkov. These guys, the only thing that you knew about them were they're from a different country and they got booed because of that. Yep. They could have been great guys. They could have saved your child from a burning <laughs> building prior to the show. But the moment that they came out and they said, "I'm hi, I'm the Iron Sheik, and I'm from Iran, boo, it's <laughs> over. Um, so, I mean, I think that they knew what they were doing. And yeah. I think with all these people that we're talking about, they, you know, WWE, WCW. I'm going to talk about TNA for a second. A character that they debuted, his name was Suicide. Yep. Um, and one of his things, he would get in the ring and put like a fake a handgun to his head and pull the trigger. Like, if you're a kid and you're watching this and you think that's cool... Then, you know, there's some issues there. So every company's had some that probably yeah. going back, they're like, ooh, I don't know if that was the best idea. Um, and it was all about just drawing heat, you know. They, they all had, you had, to get, you had to get that bad guy heat. And, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I hate you to get heat. They really had to really cross uh, cross the border, cross the, you know, just to get the, the fans pissed off. I'm glad you said cross the border because I want you to go back and check out some of JBL's um, videos whenever he was going on the Mexican border and kicking illegals <laughs> back into their country. It's a real thing. Get on the network. I'm not joking. 
this is the kind of thing that you know they it's shock that you know they yeah. they they wanted to shock you so that you talk about it and then you tune in and that's how they got ratings you know and unfortunately speaking of shock <laughs> Kane took uh, jumper cables and a battery oh, and no. tried to shock Shane McMahon's testicles and you only get one T bomb on a show and we just use it as well. <laughs> Well, speaking of Kane, we also had the Katie Vick oh, incident gosh. where he tried sleeping with a corpse on live TV. Uh, well, well, then you had Triple H and Katie yes. Vick too. And yes. but you, I, you get where we're going with. You know, a lot of these shock shock factor moments. You know, was it, do you think it was just for ratings? Do you think it was just at the end of the day they're just trying to pop each other in the back just to laugh and be like, I can't believe we did this and we got away with it. Uh, you know, I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be completely honest, especially <laughs> what during can the we attitude do next era. Not get, like, yeah, yeah. not get in trouble for. Um, one that stands out to me though, and I think it was, it was very unfortunate, but it was also done in a way that the fans kind of dictated what happened, and that was with Muhammad Hassan. So. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, we're in the shadow of New York City around here, September 11th, 2001. Terrible, terrible thing happened. Um, you know, the we had terrorists that bombed the Trade Towers, the Pentagon. Um, you know, it was a terrible thing. But from that, WWE waited a couple months, and then they brought in a character named Muhammad Hassan, and he had Davari with him. Now... He was literally stating in all of his vignettes, and go back and listen to him, he never said that he hated America, that he was pro, you know, the Taliban or anything like that. All he said was he was an um, Arab American, and he was trying to make a life in the United States, but after 9-11, everybody looked at him like he was a terrorist. So... That never he could have been a good guy. Yeah. You know, he could have came out and been like, "Listen, I love yep. America or whatever." But what happened is the fans saw him and saw that he was an Arab American, which he's not. He's Italian, um, <laughs> and he came out and you know what you got from there was this ultimate heel going against everybody and America. Not to mention that his his manager at the time, Davari, at one point who is, you know, Arab-American, did a maneuver off the top rope called the Magic Carpet Ride. So <laughs> there's many layers, once again, to how <laughs> offensive things can be. But if, right. you're, if, you, if you don't allow these sort of things, to, if you just take them as what they are and it's just a, an attempt to, at entertainment, yep. um, it really breaks it down. And, but we, we, we talked a lot about these people. Um, the list it can go on and on. We can you know definitely have to have a part two. Uh, we still got more to talk about, Jonathan. But I want to let everybody know if you head on over to YouTube.com/slash Another Wrestling Pod, you can only fit so many characters in a name. So YouTube.com/slash Another Wrestling Pod. Uh, we have all the interviews that we do on this show. We'll eventually get up on YouTube, but we also have exclusives on uh, for just for YouTube. So we have YouTube exclusives. We have indie spotlights. Uh, check it out, guys. We, we go to a bunch of shows. We put some videos together. We do live interviews. You're missing out. Make sure you head on over to our YouTube page and subscribe today. We try really hard not to offend anybody, so those <laughs> videos are probably pretty PC. That's right. Um, Steve, though, we, we just talked about the most offensive wrestling characters in the in the business. Um, the business. Um, business. What about moments? You know, um, there's been a long and 
long and rich history of professional wrestling moments. You know, some of the things that you think about immediately is, you know, Ultimate Warrior running down to the ring, uh, Hulk Hogan slamming body, uh, you know, body slamming Andre the Giant. These are the the feel good moments. Yep. Uh, we are I'm not going to talk about those. <laughs> right, we're right going to talk now. about the politically incorrect moments. Um, what what stands out to you is something that you you thought at least somebody was going to get angry about. Well, uh, when we go back to Bret Hart, um, who did <laughs> he ever be? Bret Hart. I, I I felt for the guy because at the time when DX was pretty much you know ga- gaining ground on their whole faction, uh, you know Shawn Michaels would desecrate the Canadian flag. He'd put it in his pants. He'd put it up his nose. Uh, and you know, let's just let's just be honest. He humped it. He he yeah. <laughs> so th- definitely you know desecrating the flags on national TV back then. You know, it was pretty much, you know, anything you could do. Today, I'm sure you, you, well, we'll get into that in a minute, what happened today recently. But, you know, back then it was on TV. He's doing whatever he can to the flag. And it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. But, you know, I'm sure it was a big deal to a lot of Canadians watching. But uh, that's just one moment, eh? (laughs) That, uh, you know, desecrating the flag live on national TV. But, Jonathan, do you remember the time, uh, probably last year or so, it was some in recent times that... I think it was Chris Jericho that desecrated a flag, and he pretty much almost got arrested? Yeah, it was in Brazil. I think they were over there. It was a Brazilian flag. And it was and even on TV. No, it was a live event somewhere, and uh, someone got it on you know, their phone or whatever, but he ended up kicking a Brazilian flag, and uh, from there, you know, he got into a, a world of trouble. Now, the flag is one of the most important symbols for any country, so I, I can see why people would get upset um, I just don't know, um, you know, if it happens in a movie, someone's not going to, the yeah. mo- I mean, they may boycott the movie or whatever, but I think that these things happen and it gets taken a little bit too far. Um, as, as you mentioned this, something with flags and wrestling, I don't sure. know what it is, but big show when he was feuding with Rusev not too long ago, a big, um, at the time Russian flag came down and big show pulled it from the ceiling and it touched the ground, and he had to apologize for his actions. Well, so in wrestling, yeah, I guess you got to watch out for the flag incidents. Uh, back then, you could pretty much do whatever you want. Obviously, today you're getting a lot of trouble, and it's just bad for the company. So, as you can see, the times have changed, kids. Uh, speaking of times changing, how about one of these moments of uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, rest in peace, uh, where he went blackface. He painted half of his body black. Yeah, uh, that's as a kid. Honestly, when I watched it as a kid, I had no idea what the hell it meant. I didn't know what it you know. To me, he just painted half his body black, and I was like, that's awesome. I, I have no idea what, what that's okay. I guess it's cool. I have no idea what it means. But when you, you, you fast forward a few years later, when you understand the meaning of what maybe he was doing, it's like, holy cow, that really was that, was, that was pretty offensive. They even did a, you know, not too long ago, whenever Jack Specific, not Jack Specific, when... They um, did not. No, it was not Jackson. It wasn't Mattel. It was... Who was the the one that did the Legends series? Regardless, they did a Rowdy Piper, one of 2000, um, where it was literally half Rowdy Piper white, half Rowdy Piper black action figure. It was it was pretty ridiculous. Um, the funny thing is, is I guess you think about karma, and if you believe in that sort of thing or whatever, you know they actually had Andre the Giant had this special salve that um, was supposed to take off that black and the the black paint. We should got that. Part, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, they actually had this like solvent that was supposed to take off the black paint on Rowdy Piper. What ended up happening is Andre the Giant and Arnold Skolan, I think, threw that out and oh. just put water in the cup. <laughs> so they tried to like scrub it off and it wasn't coming off. So Piper had to actually go through the airport still after <laughs> WrestleMania in blackface the entire time. Oh it was my gosh. unbelievable. Wow. Jeez, uh, I'm just thinking about these moments, shots, and I'm like... How or how did this make TV back then? Because today you're not going to see, you, you really won't see this kind of stuff. And you really have to be s- creative to figure out how you can offend somebody or how you can do something over the top without getting in trouble, without getting arrested, without losing a sponsor. And to think about it these days when they do it today, you know, it's really triple check, double check, quadruple checked, whatever, of, of just figuring out. Who's getting offended? Are we going to get sued? What's going to happen? Because, like, you know, years ago, it was just like, screw it. We're going to get ratings. They'll just do it. You know? So it's amazing to think about some of these incidents. And, guys, once again, if you're listening, send us your incidents that you think that we probably skipped over. Uh, Jonathan, but uh, I can even go back a few years ago when Vince McMahon, uh, you know, he, he even had Trish Stratus. Uh, he sh- made her strip and had her bark like a dog. Um, this wouldn't fly today. <laughs> no, no, it would not. Um, you know, especially with the you know the women's division on fire right now, um, and there's a lot of people out there that are big big fans of the women's matches. So um, I, I just don't think that. I, I don't know. I don't know if Vince did that just for shock value, like yeah. we were saying earlier. I think that there was this is the attitude error too. So kind of, yeah. yeah. And they were constantly trying to one up each other and, and all that stuff. So I don't, I just don't know. I think that that was a, uh, a crazy moment. I don't know how, I, I don't know how they thought they were going to get away with some of this stuff. I yeah, really no. don't. Um, <laughs> or to where, cause I mean, even TV back then, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like you have, because like today, I'm just thinking about all the, the, you know, the stuff that you have to do so you don't get sued, kind of a thing. To back then, it's like, what can you do to get ratings? And you know, some of these things that we're talking about. I mean, there's more we're going to talk about briefly, but uh, you know, just to think about it, just sit back, take five minutes at home, pause the show, think about some of the stuff that happens today compared to what happens, you know, even five years ago, ten years ago, and it's just, it's amazing. And if you're, like, a, a fledgling wrestling fan, we're not trying to get you to not be a wrestling fan. This this isn't just wrestling. If you watch some of the Bugs Bunny cartoons that you watched as a kid and, and look back at how they poke fun at certain things or whatever, you'll start to realize that it was a different time back then, and yep. I'm, I'm not making excuses for anybody or anything like that, but um, I think the world has has changed and um you know people get offended very easily now um one of the things that probably really was the tipping point i know it was for a certain um wwe superstar at the time was the ecw crucifixion angle that they did between raven and sandman um they actually put him on a cross sandman they had like a, a crown of barbed wire not thorns on him and um, Kurt Angle was actually there for that moment, and he told he was getting ready to start working for ECW. He told Paul Heyman, he said, "I'm leaving. I've never been so offended in my life. And if if I'm ever associated, if my name is ever associated with this garbage, I will um, I will sue everybody involved." Wow. So, um, and then you know, fast forward a few weeks, months later, and then you have Stone Cold being crucified on. <laughs> 
uh, Undertaker's like Taker symbol. So yep. um, it's 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 weird. It's, yeah, and it's just amazing for what you could do from painting yourself black to to make it fun of women to you know crucifixions to even you have Vince McMahon, your boss, the 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 leader of your company, the guy who writes your checks. Dropping the N-word on live television. Um, Jonathan, can you get any more offensive than the N-word? No, and you know, it's it's one of those things these days that's a very hot-button issue. Um, Hulk Hogan himself recently got released from WWE for a racist rant. So um, to actually be able to go back and see on the, the pay-per-view you know, he goes up to John Cena and says, "What's up, my?" And then he uses the the N word. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's a little strange, um, and I, it it would have been different too if I, I mean, it's not excusable. It's just not a word that we should use. Um, and there was no context for it. He was just trying just, to just throwing it out there, <laughs> and it's just it's ridiculous. So wow. um, I I think that these are some of the probably most politically incorrect moments in the history of, of wrestling. And if, if you feel the same or if you disagree or if you have other ones, you know, Steve mentioned it earlier in the show, you know, talk to us on Twitter, talk to us on Facebook, let us know. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash another wrestling podcast. Today's show is brought to you by. Well, here's something that's guaranteed not to offend. And that is Rassel Ruse pro wrestling underwear. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you this. I am a collector of all things professional wrestling. And this is some of the coolest things that you're ever going to see. A lot of times I said to myself, I want to go out and get tight, Steve. I want to look like a wrestler. Well, they took all the, the guesswork out of that. You can look like Ric Flair. You can look like Shawn Michaels. You can look like... Well, they even have... This one may offend. I don't know. But they have... Dean Titty Master Ambrose <laughs> underwear. So go on there, rasselruse.com, and they're they're great. They're great. They've got a wide selection of not only um, boxers and underwear, but they have vintage wrestling tees from an era long ago. You know, Jonathan, Halloween's right around the corner, and I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to wrestleruse.com right now and pick up some uh, costumes for some potential uh, wrestling fans out there. Because if you want to be a pro wrestler for Halloween, you're going to want to at least visit wrestleruse.com. Uh, or if you just want a new change of underwear, you're going to have to visit wrestleruse.com as well. As of right now, um, it may be in the works, folks, but WrestleRuse does not have thong underwear. Um, if they do, I will probably buy a case. So um, let's get that going, WrestleRuse. But... Uh, we want to thank them. They're a sponsor with us. If you would like to be a sponsor with another wrestling podcast, all you have to do is email us at another wrestling podcast at gmail.com. And Jonathan, uh, that's the show. We want to thank all of you for listening today. You know what? Every week we do this show free of charge to you, uh, the fans. And if you're wondering how to repay us, we have just one thing subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, be sure and rate us and give us a good review. Hey, and if you're looking for more information about AWP, then head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com We are all over social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Google+. Uh, it's, it's, it's endless, kids. Uh, if you're an AWP super fan, you can also show your support by going over to prowrestlingtees.com 
and buying one of our official AWP shirts. We couldn't do the show without you, so tune in next week for... <sighs> Another wrestling podcast. Mm-hmm.